0: We keep saying city life. It doesn't have to be city per se. It could be right. a suburb. I live, like I said earlier, out in the country. Like I'm just outside of you know the busyness of, mm-hmm. of Verona, Madison, and yet and I've met, have not met this person yet. But and yet there is somebody that lives here in our neighborhood uh, that has an urban arrow. Oh, wow. and i'm like who who are they what <laughs> they have an urban Arrow, and we're out in the country this is amazing yeah. um there's also a couple that has a pair of gazelle bikes that they ride we're only four miles away from a former train line um trail called military ridge and i i see this couple very often that they're making their way over to that path as quick as they can i'm sure to get off the country roads and then they're on this beautiful path so it's not just about cities either it's about they get on that path. They're now three miles either way, roughly, to get right. to a grocery store. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it just it really really helps make more possible
1: hey everyone welcome to the active towns channel i'm john Zimmerman, and that was jocelyn vandevelde north american marketing director for bosch e-bike systems and uh, we dive into some really cool stuff about the empowering nature of the electric assist uh, bikes that are really taking the the world by storm right now and so we talk a little bit about uh, the bosch e-bike systems and why it's so important to have quality uh componentry in an e-bike and uh, it's, a, it's a long one, but it's a fun one, and I hope you enjoy it, well, let's get right to it. Jocelyn, it's such a pleasure to have you here on the Active Towns podcast, welcome.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: So uh, Jocelyn, um, I always like to have my guests uh, just kind of give a little quick little thumbnail sketch of who they are and, and how they came to uh, this line of work. So uh, what's your story?
0: Um, so my story is: I grew up in the Chicago land area. I was one of those kids that grew up in a family where bikes were very much a part of our family lifestyle. Um, we rode bikes to go get ice cream as a family, but also it was that sense of empowerment as a child with your friends going to the Seven Eleven to get a Slurpee or to swim practice or whatever. And you know, like a lot of people, they get out of riding and bikes at a certain age. I just didn't. I, I just mm kept riding when I went to college. I didn't have a car any longer. My sister's only a year and a half younger than me, so she kept the car that we shared. And and then I started bike commuting at, at my college, Western Illinois University. And then I got into triathlon. It was the very, oh. very early days of triathlon. So then I started riding a road bike. And I mean, it's just snowballed since there. So. Um, now when people ask me like, oh, so what, what kind of bikes do you ride? I'm like all of them. (laughs) 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 Yeah, that, that, that's really how bikes have been a part of my life since, you know, early, early days. And, um, the, when, when I was in college, I worked at, um, a very large insurance company and would work as a temp and, Kept moving around from department to department on every break that I, I I had. You know the fall break, the spring break, the summer break. You name it, I was working, and um, I learned very quickly that I didn't want to be in a large mega company, which is ironic because I'm at Bosch now. But we'll get to that. <laughs> um, but I didn't want to be in this big company right. where it was just like a wall of cube, you know, sea of cubicles and that sort of thing. And I worked in um, campus recreation in, in college, and then layered that like athletic sports lifestyle that I had. i played team sports growing up in addition to the bike thing. Um, but yeah, I, I was one of the first, first employees for Red Bull um, when Red Bull came to North America and, and started my, my career with Red Bull for six years in multiple different capacities. And it just kind of grew from there, this idea of working in the lifestyle space. I worked for a large fitness equipment manufacturer um, for many years. Um, I work for Sarah's Cycling Group. Um, I work for Trek Bicycles uh, for almost three years um, and a couple other little things like spattered in there. But um, for almost three years now, I've been with Bosch E-Bike Systems, which is based in Orange County, California.
1: Okay, all right, fantastic. So uh, yeah. since you mentioned triathlon, I, I have to <laughs> you know just ask one quick question about that because one sure. of my favorite races is right there in your hometown, uh, is yeah. Iron Man, um, you know, Wisconsin. I did that in, I think it was 2005. Have you done the, you? The, that big then one? Did you? Then you've there? like
0: ridden by my house. Oh, yeah. I, I actually, yeah. <laughs> I actually live, um, just off of for anyone who's done Iron Man, Wisconsin, which, yeah, stunning, gorgeous yeah. course, as you know, very hilly. It, it shocks a lot of people when oh, yeah. they come here thinking, oh, I thought I clearly they didn't do their homework because. <laughs> it's a very very hilly um uh bike course um but yeah uh, we live just like two blocks off of where it used to curve it's now cut a different path to the south but um yeah it's gorgeous out here i myself have actually never done the ironman distance Mm -hmm. i did 10 years of sprints in olympic and i loved it it was perfect for me i grew up a swimmer So, and Uh, then got into running and then the cycling, which I know is kind of opposite of how people get into triathlon. Um, So, but I volunteered for it many times here in Madison. It's such an amazing event. And I highly recommend people either just attend it or if it's on their bucket list, like, yeah definitely make it work <laughs>
1: and one of the things that uh, that, that I just love about signature events like the Boston Marathon like Ironman in those cities that uh, that host them and then other you know fun events like the the Olympic distance races and things of that nature what i love about them is that it engages the public and it it sort of introduces to a community You know, a a certain lifestyle, a lifestyle of being active and out there. And when people, especially people, you know, in the community that are coming out to cheer people on or volunteers, you know, getting the community engaged as volunteers and they see people that they can relate to, they recognize or they're like, oh, you know, that person is my grandmother's age or, you Mm -hmm. know, or looks like me. And it's just like that being able to identify with somebody who's participating in an activity like that is a great way of encouragement of encouraging people to get off the couch and do something and one of the reasons why I love that so much is that it's a common theme too that I'm seeing right now in the e-bike movement and the cargo bike movement is that we're seeing more and more people using bikes for Uh, utilitarian trips and everyday things and when you can identify with somebody that you know looks like you or you know is similar type of situation to you and they're out there and they're maybe they're actually doing this maybe they're you know getting the kids around (laughs) you know it's like totally there's it's (laughs) so empowering so so talk a little bit about that concept of of the fact that, you know, when we see other people that are out there doing it and you see the smiles on their faces, how, how powerful that is. And, and, and who is this, what, what is this photo?
0: Yeah. So you're exactly right. When people see a feeling like it's not that they see the thing it's, they see the feeling that those people are having, whether they're in a running race or a triathlon, like you first mentioned, or this, like, this is my family years ago. Now the boys are almost six and seven years old and they still all the time are like, mom, when are we going to, um, we currently don't have any e-bikes in the house because we moved recently back to Madison. So we just wanted to get settled and figure out like, what is it that we're going to get now that we're, cause, and we'll probably get to this. There's a different bike for every type of use case. So when we used to be, in more of the urban part of madison both my husband pictured here and i had very typical commuter style e-bikes because it made sense for where we lived here you know the boys are are showing off one of several cargo bikes that we've had the chance to use over the years and this i think is where we need to go again is they keep asking like mom when are we going to get a ride on of course it's not called it's the bike where we get to sit on the back and it's the joy that that we have while on it. They, one, it feels like a ride, it's fun, but two, I love the conversations you get to have while you're on the bike together, which you know can be really hard when everyone's on their own bikes, which they do as well. But that's the other cool part, is when they see mom and dad doing this, when, when kids see other parents doing this, it just inspires them all that much more to continue doing it themselves. And think about what I said, opening line, like my parents, they both had Schwinn varsities. <laughs> they put us kids on the back when we were little to go to you know, the ice cream shop. And here I am in my forties now still riding a bicycle. And of course they're not the only reason, but might not be here if it wasn't for those sorts of, of healthy lifestyle and sustainable choices that we were making at a very, very young age. So. Yeah. yeah, that's what you see here and um, <laughs> that's Madison in the background there, which if you know Madison, there's lots of great bike paths, enclosed bike paths everywhere, yeah. which is a yeah. whole nother can of worms. But yeah, yeah. having those safe places <laughs> to ride.
1: Well, and, and, yep. and, and obviously, since I do know Madison, I also know exactly where this uh, photo is yep. taken in picture mm-hmm. because uh, the building behind there is, uh, you know, part of uh, the convention center, right?
0: right uh yep. designed by Frank Lloyd Wright that's the yes. terrace in the background
2: yeah um, this
0: this photos from years ago when people yep. for bikes was hosting an event were you at that I was yeah oh nice perfect yeah, yeah this was back when I was at trek uh, and we were able to be a part of of hosting a huge ride that took place um, during that event
1: yeah yeah in fact I have I, I shot video from that day and so I'll be sure to uh um, i gosh you know i've never released that particular video on youtube um so i, I might have to i might have to uh, do a little special release of that video so that we can uh, link uh, to it here and and have that and yeah that was a wonderful uh, day that was the places for bikes conference um, i believe yes. that would have been in 2018. And we, we right. had a fabulous uh, uh, you know, group bike ride and, uh, and getting out there. So, so this was part of your, 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 your story. This was part of that evolution that, that you went through and, uh, and, and your time at, at Trek. So mm-hmm. you've, seen it, you've seen this business from a couple of different angles. Talk a little bit about why it's so important to have that understanding from when you were at Trek to, to the role that you're with now. With at, at Bosch yeah
3: you meaning
0: having that background yeah of, having of that seeing background. The path we've taken yes. yeah especially yeah. like you
1: said the OEM sort of connection and all that
0: right yeah so you know a lot of people see cyclists as they call themselves a cyclist they right. they you know cyclist by name but if you ask a Dutch person or, you know, someone from Copenhagen, are you a cyclist? Like, no, absolutely right. not. I mean, these places where people are just riding for transportation.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and, and so these, these photos you're seeing are these early, early days of us testing what that message would look like to encourage new ridership and new people to um, come and try riding again. Because most people ride at some point. And some of the, the quotes that I've heard from folks over the years almost have brought tears to my eyes a couple of times, like, you've given me my youth back. I feel like a magic carpet ride. Um, I haven't ridden a bike in over 20 years. I mean, just amazing stories that you hear. And as you can see, this, is, this was like, I think only parts of this were ever really released. This is at the Trek headquarters in Waterloo. We're testing out the sorts of messages before we went to market with that. Um, and as you can see, we, we really wanted to get to the core, like you're not think, thinking in or speaking in terms of being a cyclist, it's thinking in terms of the benefit, the right. benefit that this could change your life, or this will make you feel amazing, or get your youth back and feel that sense of freedom and wind in your hair again. So it, it did take a while, though, for the traditional large OEMs or bike brands to really get behind that. And I would say Trek was one of the leaders in that space, but even still, it just it takes a long time to be able to shift some of the, the efforts and energies and finances from the, let's face it, super sexy road bikes and amazing mountain bikes and, and all of those things to, to e-bikes. And let me tell you, I just got back from Sea Otter and that is no longer a topic of discussion every single bike brand i would yeah just about every single bike brand had an example of an e-bike in their fleet now right and that is only continuing to grow as people see the new ridership or people that they may be lost to riding bikes like i said 20 years ago and they're interested in coming back
1: right yeah Um, I'm gonna pull up another uh, shot here because I think this is a a nice transition for us uh, heading towards your your role now, and uh, this is our good friend Doogie out mm-hmm. of uh, the Houston area. And clearly, he's not riding in Houston in this photo. This looks more like no. Colorado. <laughs> or Colorado,
2: <Utah>. yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh, and and Doogie was was uh, gracious enough to do uh, an episode with me, and uh, we were going to have you on that episode too. But we had some technical difficulty on that one, and I think that was right after you made the the move uh, back home to to Madison. But the reason why I love this particular photograph is that uh, it it really does reinforce the fact that this is a practical bike. This is a bike that's got uh, everything that you need. It's got the fenders, it's got the panniers in the back. It's a more upright feel. It's much more in alignment with, you know, that classic European upright posture that you have when you're, you're on a bike and less about the sportiness. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that's such an incredibly powerful transition that we're starting to see. And I'm hoping that more and more of the, uh, the US and North American uh, based manufacturers will will continue to double down and, and see that that role is, is there. And, and mm-hmm. you know, cause I'm like you, I mean, I've got a, a different type of bike for every type of situation, whether it's my mountain bike mm-hmm my racing bike, my travel bike, my everyday get around town bike and go shopping and cargo bike, Uh, you know, so it's and that's the wonderful thing about a bike is that it you can have a different type of bike for, uh, you know, every every type of, you know, desired trip and or activity that you'd like to have.
0: For sure. I mean, there's something when people are like, oh, I hear this all the time. I'm just not ready for an e-bike yet. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I always been like, well, it's not about being ready. It's about deciding if there's room in your lifestyle for an e-bike. For example, I, I ride a road bike. I ride a gravel bike. I ride yeah. a mountain bike. None of them are e-powered at this point, though I do enjoy riding an EMTB. Like yeah. when I go to, we, we participate in the mountain games, um, GoPro mountain games in Vail, Colorado every June. You better believe I want to be on an EMTB. I don't live at altitude i want to have fun and i still want to sweat and work and see the sights and so every time i visit colorado i'm on an emtb but in my normal everyday life i'm on my traditional road gravel and and mountain bike but for commuting for transporting my children for getting around for i mean you name it those sorts of a to b mobility type options the e-bike's the way to go because of of all the reasons, right? Like carrying things, like I'm not trying to work out necessarily. I might have my workout later in the day or at a different time. Um, Jenny Hadfield, who who is a a coach and has written for Runner's World and um, Bicycling Magazine in the past, she, really connected the dots for her she was one of those e-bike haters she's the first to raise her hand and and say how much she was like i can't i can't believe these are proliferating until she really realized how they could fit into even into her lifestyle of replacing car trips or riding her e-bike to get to the trailhead so that she can go do her workout um, or training her clients like she had all she's like i would have been in my car for all these things right and now i'm not yeah. And so she she did a 180 and the list goes on of people who who really see that it's not about replacing everyday bike or your no one's coming after your your quote acoustic or regular bicycle rides. Right right. We're we're looking for the other opportunities. The opportunities where someone wouldn't be riding at all yeah. or the replacing car trips.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and the reason I paused on this uh, particular shot, although it's it's a beautiful shot of the uh, the Bosch performance line sport uh, motor there, I'm really pausing on this because of her shoes. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, you know, you exactly. just you you dress for your destination and you go and you've exactly. got that little bit of assist with that helps you along that journey and getting you to the destination and we can Talk a little bit about technology later um, when we get to, you know, that, that point in the conversation, but really this is, this is where I wanted to go with this conversation at this point in time is to talk about the fact that, yeah, I mean, this gives us the power, the, the confidence to be able to make some of those trips that would otherwise have been a car trip. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, talk about opening up a world for people.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's and not only that, it's fun. I mean, when we were just living in Southern California uh, for the two years when we first started working at Bosch, we we, we could walk to school when it wasn't closed by um, pandemic restrictions. And the number of cars lining up in Southern California to drop their kids off, Orange County in particular, that are lining up in that beautiful weather to drop their children off at school just makes my head want to explode. And then they, and then they complain about it. Like, Oh, stuck in the car line. And it's like, get one of these, which we're seeing right now. Yeah. And then you're the cool dad or the cool mom, like, trust me. And and they're starting to proliferate more and more. We have a friend from our, our old neighborhood who's retired and has now become a school crossing guard. And he says it's, like just in the year he's been doing it the number of cargo e-bikes that are now dropping the kids off at school has yeah. grown immensely um, i think the cargo bike in particular um, i'll teach you a little a little rule i learned from from red bull and it's pretty funny like don't worry i'll come back around here so when i was working for red bull all those years the idea was to try and get a full can pour at a bar and that means make sure when you're buying you like selling the, the cocktail, a Red Bull vodka, whatever, get the can across the bar. Upcharge, that's fine, do an upcharge. Right. Why? Because when people see the can and they come to the bar, it's like, oh, what am I gonna get? Oh, Red Bull vodka, that looks right. good. And you know where Red Bull got that idea from? It's the Bloody Mary theory. Right. Have you ever been to a place and you see one person, and we used to do it to like test this. It's hilarious right. how often it happens. Someone sees a Bloody Mary, oh, that looks good. I'm going to get that. Yeah,
2: <laughs> because yeah.
0: it's just so clearly identifiable as right. a Bloody Mary. Maybe this is the Wisconsin at me that I'm making everything a cocktail, um, uh, a reference, a bar reference. But that's the power of a cargo bike. Yes. It's different. It's unique. It has a different form factor. People are having fun. And children in particular are having fun with their caregiver. And... I mean, who doesn't want to have a little piece of that? So yeah, that's what's yeah. so exciting about, about the cargo bike is transporting the, the stuff. I remember years ago, I saw um, a young man. I didn't know if he had kids or anything, but when I saw him, he had that same surly cargo bike you showed, the mm-hmm. picture of my family and I, uh, and, and he had two of the largest bags of dog kibble you've ever seen in your life on the sides in his big giant pannier bags yeah. and I was like how cool is that <laughs> um, another person that comes to mind is James James Huang the the editor at Cycling Tips he has a Urban Arrow, one of the traditional Bachfeet bikes you know that's very you know got the big bucket in the front and he will post his trips to Costco like right. how much can he fill the Costco uh, um, haul into into his cargo bike so yeah there's just so many fun, fun ways, and also green, more sustainable ways right. that a cargo bike, in particular, can really just enrich your life. You know, for lack yeah. of other things to point to, it's just enriching and feels good.
1: Yeah, yeah. What what I love too about this this whole trend that we've that we've seen, you know, coming about and um i don't know my sense is that it really accelerated during the pandemic do you do you get that same mm-hmm. sense
0: oh for sure i mean people were looking for any excuse to spend time outdoors but safely as well mm-hmm. and i know in new york city um, people didn't want to be on trans public transport any longer so right. you started to see a lot more people choosing bicycles and that in turn created what you know many called the quote bike boom So you put the fitness and the exercise and leisure, family leisure side together, along with the transportation side of things, of people wanting to get out of um, public transport, you you definitely saw a boom. Plus, they closed the Brooklyn Bridge for for, uh, maintenance or whatever they're doing to it. So, of course, people had to find another means for getting um, into Manhattan.
1: Yeah, yeah. So earlier you had mentioned that green was your favorite color, and uh, of course, and, and I ma- made the, the point of uh, noting that uh, this week is is Earth Week and, and, and Earth Day is on Friday. And so uh, Bosch and uh, B-Cycle, which is, uh, is it still part of Trek or, or did they spin yeah. it off? Okay, so it's still no, part of Trek. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Fantastic. So this weekend in in select cities around the the country that are part of B-Cycle, this is happening. Uh, Tell us about this.
0: So B-Cycle, if you're not aware, is a premium bike share share solution. There's over 25 cities now that have the the B-Cycle system as their bike share so in this image here if you're having a tough time kind of putting two and two together and what exactly is that that's exactly what you're looking here you can rent a bike um, whether you're on vacation or traveling or you can have a monthly or year-long membership and use it as a means for commuting or for fun in town so multiple multiple different ways you can use it so bosch is we we provide e-bike systems to roughly 40 e-bike brands in North America and around 100 globally. Um, and one of those partners is B-Cycle. So, um, whenever you see a B-Cycle station, it, these days is either a combination of, a, the traditional bicycle, um, and e-bike, or some of the systems have gone fully e-bike and those are all powered by Bosch.
1: Yeah. And I think that uh, this particular posting is promoting the, the Boulder B-cycle uh, system. And I think they did go 100% to, to the e-bikes. They is are. That correct? Yeah. Okay. That and did is Madison correct. Do yeah. The so these, what's that? Did Madison do the same? Did they go 100% yes. um, e-bike as well? Okay. Yeah.
0: Yes. And Santa Barbara. So any new city that's been opening or has like refreshed, um, has gone completely electric. And there's a real like, strong, strong business case as to why. Ridership has doubled and sometimes quadrupled in some markets as soon as you add e-bikes. Right. So why not get more people moving on bicycles? And why not make sure that you can sustain the, the system fiscally, being really fiscally smart? Because let's remember, that is a cornerstone of sustainability. It's just yeah. not about you know, green things. It's about making sure we're people, planet, and profit. We need to be able to sustain ourselves. So it's, it's pretty great that so many more people are, are riding e-bikes and just bicycles in general, but really it's helped spark that many more people to the idea of this being a form of transportation or a way just to have fun. I was in Austin that also has B-Cycle Yes. Um, and they have the combination of both the traditional bicycle and the e-bike. And it's awesome to see we were on campus for a bit. I was there for a work function and we took B-Cycles to go to campus because it really was the easiest way to park and then go to the <laughs> meeting we had exactly. to have. So it was awesome to see how students were using this. We were watching yep. them engage and check in and out and go to class and whatever. But then I went to Austin like three weeks later for a girl, girlfriend's weekend and it was fun to see people using it on the weekends as recreation yeah um yeah. so you know it's it's awesome that that well, you, uh,
1: you know you're in trouble now
0: <laughs> how's you, that you didn't even tell me you were in town i would have loved to have taken
1: you around and showed you some of our wonderful uh, uh dutch inspired uh, infrastructure that's being built here in town <laughs> my gosh okay yeah, Austin Never has again. changed you, so you much. again. You come to Austin, you have to say ha- hello and, and I'll take you on a, on a, on a fabulous uh, tour because uh, we're real excited um, what's going on. The other take neat thing that. that's exciting about, uh, you mentioned the, the, the Austin B-Cycle uh, system here, it, it has recently been t- um, kind of shifted over and is now integrated with our transit system and so this is this is a very very important thing for north american cities and other cities around the globe to get on board with is this concept of integrating your transit with your bike share systems and which is something the netherlands does just does just fabulously well, and now they're seeing, especially in some of the bigger cities like in Amsterdam and Utrecht, uh, they're seeing is in upwards of sixty percent of of their train transit uh, riders are coming by and or leaving by bike, and having that uh, that bike share system integrated with the transit uh, you know program is is just mm-hmm. a huge part of that. Good stuff.
0: Totally. L.A. L.A. did the same thing. L.A. Metro, you can use their card as well. But it's that last mile, right? When you get to wherever the station is, you don't necessarily work or need to go to wherever you're going to right there. Yes. So having that that final piece of the puzzle is, is so important.
1: It really is. And that brings us around to... The fact that, and I just mentioned it about the fact that Austin is working really, really hard to build out a network. It's I think when it's completely built out, it'll be well over 400 miles of high comfort, protected and separated infrastructure that is inspired by Dutch design. In fact, where you probably noticed it in some of the locations downtown, it's even sort of the red color of the, the concrete uh, in terms of Dutch design. Um, I want to play this particular video that is out on the Bosch eBike Systems uh, YouTube page because it it speaks to the need for us to have an evolution in our in our community design. And the setting on this particular uh, video is actually in in London in the in the UK. So it will, it's not very long, so we'll just press play and give our voices just a little bit of a chance to rest and, and comment a little bit about this because. This is huge. I mean, we need more of the bike manufacturers and, you know, and associated, uh, you know, part manufacturers and entities to be getting behind the fact that we need to transform our built
4: environment. So let's let's hit play on this and have some fun with it. Cities are ever-evolving places, and more than ever, we're seeing the need to work together to create a more sustainable future. As a designer. I thrive on developing ideas that brighten the city and bring people together in fun, sustainable ways. It allows us to feel the flow of the city and further transform our way of living. As our population increases, it's more important than ever to find new ways of living and moving across the city. Imagine a vision for a city designed around micromobility, embracing social and responsible development. A city with safer, less stressful journeys, and greater opportunities to encounter the people we live and work around. The potential for transformation through micromobility mobility can be seen in all kinds of spaces, especially in the remnants of those designed around cars. Looking at places such as this, we can imagine how alternative transport, such as e-bikes, might transform these spaces once again. new parks, green spaces, and cycle routes, vast lengths of forgotten underground space opened up and given back to the city as a sustainable future for people to enjoy. As cities look to new concepts for living and moving, a greener, healthier infrastructure could improve the way we live. London is already filled with green space, from vast parks to hidden pockets of flora and fauna, each with their own magical histories. Places that connect us, accommodating innovative technologies to move across the city and bring us closer to nature. The ever-evolving nature of cities brings people together to create new layers in the city's complex history. As our world evolves, we can be inspired to imagine a city where we can all take part, defining the flow of its future love it yeah
1: (laughs) that is so cool and i mean again it's it's one of the things that i think is so important is realizing because what we what we do know is that most people who aren't currently writing will come back and say i just don't feel safe riding we need safer places safer cities and so i love the fact that this particular video talked about the evolution of the city into something that really helps encourage those trips and mm-hmm. and kudos to to bosch to be you know it was like one of the very first videos that i saw when i popped over to the the youtube channel talk a little bit more about yeah. that commitment from the the corporate perspective
0: for sure well Bosch as a whole to really go big you know the if you go all the way to our focus of of just mobility in general Bosch isn't just in e-bikes of course as you right. can imagine we make parts for cars we make parts for scooters we make parts for motorcycles and many 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 other things right. including the sensor technology too so that's really at its core, why we got into e-bikes—you know—we had all these different pieces of the business, whether it was the lithium-ion batteries, it was the sensors, etc. Is how we got here. But Bosch, as a whole, is really focused on the future of electromobility and for safer, more sustainable, cleaner ways for everybody to move around. Um, and, and that video hits the nail on the head when it says the population growth. Like we just have to remember that. You know, you might not realize if you live in a more suburban area or you're not near a larger town or don't get to a place like that too often, and it it is getting to a point of unbelievable discomfort when you're trying to move around a city. And when you go to places like Austin to go back to that Chicago where I grew up, you're seeing it in in just a lot of these like totally booming mid-sized cities like a Madison, like nashville memphis indianapolis i mean these are places that are growing so much because they're getting behind this idea of livability and mobility that makes sense for these growing populations and a more sustainable future and it's starting to happen i think the pandemic already uh, really helped people see how nice it can be for a community to shut down streets for right. a bit and see how you know they became these bike bike um, paths and lanes and families were allowed to walk and and ride in the streets. And a lot of places aren't reopening those because they recognize that, huh, there's really something to this. Um, and then, of course, you look to Europe that's making all sorts of sweeping changes. You know, the the mayor of Paris is making major, major moves in terms of shutting down main parts of the city to, to automobiles. Um, and it's not like it's not like we want to do away with the car. You can't really do away with the car, at least not anytime soon.
2: Right.
0: It's just a matter of, can we create these hubs of micromobility, as the video said, you know, that where you get to a car to this point, you park and you kind of stop. And then from there, you you have to move by foot, by bike, by scooter, by whatever um, makes the most sense for that, that community. Ironically, um, when I was in college, I, I in, interned, <laughs> I, I did not intern. I had a summer gig at a youth hostel in Bruges, okay. Belgium,
3: oh, wow. medieval
0: okay. community. If you're not, if people, you know, listeners aren't familiar, it's a medieval town that is completely surrounded by a wall and, you know, moats and everything like out of a, out of a fairy tale. Yeah. Um, But what was so cool about Bruges is like, here's this old school example of what we're trying to get to is you can drive to the town's edge, essentially to the city center's edge and they have these parking garages. And then from there, it's like, get on the bus, go by foot, ride a bicycle um, and very limited cars were allowed within the walls of the city center.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It makes for an amazing livability, walkability the, you know, restaurants that spill out into the streets. Again, that's what the pandemic allowed for. Right. Restaurants expanding into places they weren't allowed to be before. And it just adds vibrancy in life to, yeah. to densely populated areas.
1: Well, what's interesting too, and we, we've talked about this extensively here on the podcast uh, about the impact of the pandemic on helping to reimagine what our streets are for especially at the individual level where people started to feel the need to be able to get out and explore. And um, because the sidewalks and the limited pathways were crowded in before the vaccine we, we knew we needed to be you know physically separated but you know we needed to get out and so we saw this in our neighborhood where we have no sidewalks in our neighborhood and so everybody shares the street anyways and so we saw this tenfold 20-fold increase in the number of people walking biking uh out in the streets and and you'd see entire families you know <laughs> with literally five different modes <laughs> you know somebody's walking somebody's on a yeah. bike someone on a you know a a skateboard someone's on rollerblades you know and but what i'm getting at is that we started to like reimagine what our streets are for and realizing that you know hey this experiment that we've been on with uh with automobiles is really less than 120 years old Mm -hmm. prior to that streets you know, were, of course, multimodal and shared. And, you know, you, your most common way of getting around was gonna be walking and and or, you know, on the horse, or, yeah. you know, and horse then the bike came it. along, you know, a good, you know, 50, 60 some odd years prior to the automobile. Where I'm getting on this is that, you know, we are in that, that stage now in, in, in really having had that shock of being able to reimagine what our streets are for, and starting to see more and more cities pushing that boundary of saying, "Well, how can we re reimagine and also reconfigure the limited space that we have, uh, so that it, we continue to to promote this?" And I want to play a quick video here from Turn about their 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 most recent uh release the quick haul and the reason why i wanted to play this is because a lot of the the e-bikes that are out there are incredibly expensive I mean, when you when you look at, you know, dropping twelve thousand dollars on a, a cargo bike from recent and Mueller and, uh, you know, it, it, it's like it's you know, it's mind boggling. It's expensive. a big
0: range for, it, sure. It, for sure. For <laughs> sure.
1: But this is a, this is a really neat a situation where it's it's coming in at a price point of about three thousand dollars. It's still expensive from a from a bike perspective. But when you start looking at the empowerment of of being able to. Uh, Again, do some some trips that maybe you would have done by car. Otherwise, it's suddenly it's it's a different calculus. And the other thing that I love about this, this particular uh, video is just to like what we were saying earlier, is that we are a herding species when we see people out there doing everyday activities and they're doing them by bike and the the empowerment factor of being able to have that electric assist it's it's really really powerful um i know i keep saying that word but it's it's the word that comes to mind is that uh, it really opens up a lot of of doors for people um Mm -hmm. talk a little bit more about that because you've experienced it you know even as a parent
0: oh for sure yeah the the thing is, you know, like whenever, remember I said earlier, I, I was a runner at one point, And the thing I always loved most about running, and a lot of people would probably say this as well, is you get to enjoy the world at a pace and in places that you wouldn't be able to be otherwise. And that's exactly how I feel about a bicycle. Yeah. So to be able to transition and in, into riding a bike, you get to go places where you might not be able. Oh, I didn't know this was here because you can't drive a car here. I didn't know um, that that this was possible to to make it over here by bicycle. And then the fun along the way is makes it that much more enjoyable because don't we all just want a little bit more fun fun yeah. in our lives, right? But yeah, I, this is and this is just the consumer or like, you know, regular general consumer element to it. What about the commercial aspect? Oh, so yeah. when you were talking about reconfiguring cities, you know, you have cities now that have seas and seas and seas of underground and above ground parking. I know in Chicago, for example, they've got a long-term plan to deal with all of that underground parking that is near the the lakefront there.
2: Yeah. yeah. About
0: What do we do with this in the future when we potentially aren't allowing cars to be here anymore? They have already thought about this. And what do we do with some of those spaces? And and some of the ideas that cities are coming up with are these transportation hubs that are for that last mile delivery. So the trucks would then come to a certain place close to the downtown city center. They then unload into e-bikes that have cargo space on them. We have several partners turn Has a whole business program you know the brand you were just featuring there coaster cycles out of montana has been making custom made like trike type e-bikes for last mile delivery and so now you're cleaning up the roads and and you know giving more space you don't have those trucks idling anymore sitting in bike lanes which (laughs) which has been a big problem with bike infrastructure you build bike infrastructure but then a truck is parked there and um so that's the other element, this business element of of really helping connect the dots in a way where uh, we reimagine what what and it doesn't. We keep saying city life; it doesn't have to be city per se. It could be right. a suburb. I live, like I said earlier, out in the country. Like I'm just outside of you know the busyness of mm-hmm. of Verona, Madison, and yet and I've met have not met this person yet, but. And yet there is somebody that lives here in our neighborhood uh, that has an urban arrow. Oh, and wow. I'm like, who, who are they? <laughs> what? They have an urban arrow and we're out in the country. This is amazing. Yeah. Um, there's also a couple that has a pair of Gazelle bikes that they ride. We're only four miles away from a former train line trail called Military Ridge. And I, I see this couple very often that they're making their way over to that path as quick as they can, I'm sure, to get off the country roads. And then they're on this beautiful Path. So it's not just about cities either. It's about they get on that path. They're now three miles either way, roughly, to get right. to a grocery store. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it just it really really helps make more possible. I know what some people, if they're not part of our scene, are thinking. They're like, um, oh, but what about the weather? Right. Well, okay, that, that's that's only parts of the year, and also. There's no bad weather, only bad clothing, right? Right. <laughs> and now I sound like a real cheesehead, but um, it's it's true right. in some capacity. I yes. mean, of course, you don't have to be out there when it's like absolutely insane. Yeah. But at the end of the day, there's no excuse for the warm weather, folks. And then yeah. the people who are in more temperate climates. It's still more than half of the year yeah. that you yeah. could be on a bicycle. So I I don't that doesn't hold water for me.
1: I was just gonna <laughs> say the the. I like to say that the e-assist really helps make it possible to neutralize uh, the negative uh, externalities of the weather. So like in a hot environment where I'm at here in, in Austin, it's like having that little extra uh, assist, you know, helps you get to your destination without being completely drenched in a hot, sweaty environment. Which is Mm -hmm. exactly what, uh, you know, Doogie and I talked about of, you know, down in Houston is, you know, having that e-assist in and being able to just make that trip a little bit more comfortable.
3: And then the Mm -hmm. same
1: thing with the, you know, the the cooler environments is you're able to, um, you know, make that journey uh, a little bit more efficient and you're not exposed for as long a period of time as you would have been, you know, potentially otherwise. I'm really glad that you mentioned, you know, that that those longer journeys and being out in the countryside. Um, Mm -hmm. I want to share just a a quick little, another one of your uh, the 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 Bosch uh, videos, and the reason why I want to show this is because it, it it taps into a topic that I'm passionate about, which is that cities are not noisy cars are noisy <laughs> and, uh, and and this particular video uh talks about sound and it's just an absolutely beautiful um piece
3: i think it's like with ebb and flow out of stillness comes movement i find great power in silence it's the base for my work My practice is to collect sounds around me and merge them with musical compositions. But as much as I need silence, I need movement. As much as I need nature, I need the fast-paced city life. It's the harmony of contrasts that inspires my creations. Having transferred to cycling is adding to this balance. It answers my longing for silence and nature while still being connected to movements and progress. It's like when I create my own musical utopias. Balancing out pace and silence, movement and pause, the now and the future.
1: I love that because it, it just really exemplifies the fact that this can be a very positive attribute to our cities is to decrease the amount of motor vehicle noise that's out there. And I, I was quite moved by this particular uh, video just because it A, I, I love Copenhagen, but they <laughs> but the, the, the storyline along here is that she was, you know, able to load up her gear, significantly heavy gear, into her cargo bike and take a fairly lengthy journey out to where, where the actual beach is. And, mm. and I know that ride, and that's to your point, is that you know it does make it possible having that additional uh, assist to be able to make the longer journeys. And I'm seeing that too out on the cycle tracks uh, that connect village to village in the Netherlands. I'm seeing, especially with the elderly, many Mm -hmm. more people making longer journeys maybe it's not a commute journey every day but they're exploring and and checking things out talk a little bit about that because i mean this is that this is pretty powerful stuff
0: yeah so on that last point about the distance that you know a lot of people are like oh you're not getting as much exercise with an e-bike but every single data point that anyone has really found on e-bikes to this point and we're looking to do even more research on that in the coming year or two, but is that people ride more, you know, right. because they're, they're able to, and it's not just more in terms of distance per day, it's also more in terms of frequency. So um, it's that much easier to get out and get going. And so then in turn, I put in more mileage and it ends up being the same cal- um, caloric output, you know, as as someone who would be riding less frequently and for shorter amounts of time. So there's that beautiful benefit, and then of course all that extra, you know, secondary benefits of riding bikes the the vitamin D, the the air, you know, the fresh air, just the general movement, as so- Sophie mentions in there, like this importance of just moving and and not so much like being on a, some sort of fitness regimen per se. Right. Um, and then on the, the first part where you mentioned about noise, gosh, that's such a great point. You know, that's one of those added benefits, at least for sure. I know about, about Bosch, like that is part of what you get, you know, in these more premium yeah. e-bikes when people are like, oh, they're so expensive. It's like, yeah, but you can like barely hear the system. Right. Um, so there's this this incredible stillness and, and quietness to being on a bicycle of any kind. Um, but it, you know if you're gonna make it an e-bike, you know having an e-bike that isn't so noisy. But yeah, gosh, what a great point! No honking horns, yeah. the smells that come from cars like that's gone. Um, you know all all of the like kind of additional things, um, or as my boys will point out. Um, a lot of people creating trash from cars, they're like, that person littered. <laughs> like, you don't have that much room to carry stuff to litter when you're on a bicycle. So there you go. There's a little extra benefit.
2: <laughs> That's
1: right. Carry your trash home with you.
0: <laughs> exactly. Pick it up. Bring Get it a up. cargo
1: bike so you can carry more if you need to. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Pick some exactly. up along the way. So So anyway, yeah, yeah, we're we're, not car haters.
1: We're we're coming to the We're not car haters. um,
0: (laughs) No, not car haters at all. Just trying to find a healthy balance, right?
1: (laughs) Trying to find that healthy balance. So we're we're coming to the end of our time here today. Um, Is there anything that we haven't talked about yet that you want to make sure we leave the audience with?
0: I mean, there's just, there's so many different angles that one could go. Um, I just think in general... Before anyone kind of thinks, oh, an e-bike, you know, not for me, maybe when I'm older, you know, maybe think about some of the things we we talked about today. It's not trying to replace or take anything away, it's trying to add. Right. And so and that for me, that's just the one kind of general takeaway for e-bikes. Um, if it's outside of that and thinking like a little more, you know, product specific or that sort of thing, just one thing to consider if about sustainability at again at its core sustainable living is the best way to do that is to reuse and when you do purchase purchase quality things right so there's a lot of bicycles and e-bikes on the market right now where you can get incredibly cheaply and then of course you have the very expensive ones Of course people have to stay within their own means, but think about that, like think about the options that are out there in terms of do I want longevity and serviceability from the products that I'm purchasing or do I want something that's a use for a year or two and it ends up in a landfill? So um, that for me is like really the biggest takeaway for all types of bicycles of all kinds.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of sustainability and, you know, and the fact that we are seeing a, a great amount of pressure on uh, creating more electric vehicles out there and, you know, the challenge and the pressures that are being put uh, forth on uh, the, the minerals that are needed, you know, for the battery technology and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. We we could spend an entire podcast just talking about mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But just speak a little bit to the fact, and, and I think you just did a little bit in, in terms of making the, that you know making that intelligent informed choice to get a quality product that's going to last longer. but talk a little bit about uh, the the organization's commitment you know uh, in, in terms of you know those pressures that are out there uh, you know with regards to battery technology and and the mining and, and things of that nature.
2: Mm.
0: Well, I mean, we're going a little bit outside of my my scope of expertise, but one thing I do know is that, you know, Bosch is over 130 years old now and Robert Bosch, when he founded it, it was core to his business that is still privately held to this day because he wanted it to be, was that we were building products and services for the betterment of society. And so... All the choices that Bosch makes as a whole, we strive to focus on making choices at a very corporate level, of course. I mean, we're in 60 countries, almost 400,000 employees. I mean, it's a very large organization. But we try and make conscious decisions in a way that helps speak to the best possible quality and, like I said, the ability to service the, the right. things that we put into this, to this economy for long, long, long years of, of use. Um, and so for batteries in particular, um, we, we, I know source that, you know, on our own, we do this, we aren't buying off the shelf type solutions. And that's another benefit to working with Bosch is the entire system. That's why we have so many bike brands that want to partner with Bosch is the entire system is developed, tested, integrated and serviced together as a whole, as opposed to pulling these pieces and parts off the shelf. Um, and they're rigorously tested to ensure for safety and and quality use so that's really i think without getting too far outside of my like specific scope of understanding um battery though i would be happy to provide you know some some context for you afterwards if you like
1: yeah if you wouldn't uh, mind just send a send a link and i'll make sure that it's in the video description and the show notes uh, for this episode that's helpful
0: yeah. yeah. And one thing I will call out though, that I do know for sure is that yeah. we are certified and tested to the UL 2849. I have to remember the number, the UL 2849 certification for um, our e-bike system. And we're one of only two yeah. e-bike systems that have voluntarily tested at this very, you know, high rigorous standard to ensure that that we're putting one of the best products out on the market you know making sure you're not buying something that's going to ignite into flames because um, sadly if you just google this especially in new york city this has become a very real thing right. um that people are having apartment fires from charging multiple um batteries at once and and really? a lot of these have come specifically from lower lower price point um e-bike batteries yeah. so yeah. Sad situation out there. Definitely want to make sure you do a little bit of research on that. But that is specifically one I can can speak to that you know we we make sure we test and certify to that UL standard, right? Um, for some peace of mind.
1: Yeah, fantastic, Jocelyn. Thank you so very much. It's been such a pleasure having you on the Active Towns podcast.
0: Yeah, thank you. This was really fun. A little walk down memory lane too. I enjoy that. Yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> Thank you all so much for tuning in to this episode with Jocelyn Vandevelde with Bosch eBike Systems. I hope you enjoyed it, and if you did, please give it a thumbs up, leave a comment down below, and be sure to tell a friend about it. And if you haven't done so already, I'd be honored to have you subscribe to the channel. Just click on the subscription button down below, and uh, let's see, what else do I have for you? Oh, that's right, (laughs) study tours. We've got two study tours coming up. I'm gonna be heading out to Colorado at the end of August into the first week in September, uh, catching a couple of fun events. Uh, open streets event in Fort Collins as well as the Tour de Fat there and then in the end of October uh, going to be uh, attending the International Cargo Bike Festival and then the following week the first week of November uh, going to be you traveling around to a couple of different cities doing some study tour uh, related activities meeting up with some folks talking infrastructure talking programming Uh, if you are interested in either of those two study tours uh, send me an email at John at activetowns.org. Again, that's John J O H N at activetowns.org, and uh, and I'll give you the details and see if it's uh, if it's a good fit for you. Uh, well, that's all that I have for you. Oh no, actually, I have one more thing. <laughs> we picked up another patron, another supporter. Thank you all so very much. Uh, And if you too would like to be considered becoming a patron, uh, just head over to patreon.com slash Active Towns to learn more. And uh, oh my gosh, yeah, one more thing. (laughs) The store, the Active Town store. Head on over to the Active Town store to uh, check out some of the fun Streets are for People merchandise that I have out there. That is really it. (laughs) Thank you so very much for watching. And until next time, this is John signing off by wishing you much activity, health, and happiness. Cheers.